science of human behavior to everyday mom life. I'm your host, Amber Sobrio-Ritter, a personal trainer, behavior analyst, and mom of three boys living in the Bay Area, California. Today, we are going to talk about values and how to identify our values, how to become aligned, uh, what to do over time to make sure that we continue to be in line with our values, what are values, kind of really just a basic values overview and then how you can use that information to change your life to become more and more aligned with what lights you up and is meaningful for you personally. So when we're talking about values, we're not talking about anything concrete. We're talking about these abstract concepts that really help us guide our life. So it's the direction that we're moving in, not a destination that we're going to. If I want to go west, I'm always traveling in that direction. It's not a place that I reach. Uh, and that would be a value. So we use values to help determine goals, right? To know how to identify our goals. Uh, so it's really the starting point. Often in life, we choose goals before values, and then we end up achieving the goal and feeling really empty and unfulfilled and just unsure why. Uh, I did all the things that I was supposed to do, right? Or I did all the things that people told me would make me happy. And it turns out that I was living in line with values that weren't mine and I was living a life that would be perfect for somebody who had those values, right? Where those things were meaningful for them, but it didn't turn out to be that way for me. Values and value identification really show us the way towards the changes we want to make in our life uh, to create a life that's meaningful for us personally. As we grow up in our environment, certain truths are imposed on us. So without our even knowing It could be your family, it could be your community, your society, your religious community. It's like the water that we're swimming in. So you can't even see it. You just take for granted that uh, these are the things that are meant to be important in life. And you grow up with those beliefs and you shape your life potentially based on those beliefs. They're absolute truths. You don't have a sense, right, of how to discern yet your your you're a kid, you're a child. So the adults are really doing all of that discerning for you. And you don't yet know how to reflect on and dissect if that's actually true for you. If you have not had the opportunity to do a values exercise, you may have some area of your life that's super meaningful for you and going completely unattended. Or you may have some area that's not incredibly meaningful for you, but which takes a lot of time. So an example of this would be it's really important for me to be engaging and emotionally connecting with my kids. If I had to prioritize my values, you know, connection would be really high on the list. And yet, how much time do I spend doing that versus how much time I spend cleaning the house? I spend hours a day cleaning the house, but I spend uh, just a fraction of that connecting with my kids truly. So this is the problem when we are engaging in a value excessively that isn't even really high on our list, and then we are leaving unattended these other areas that are actually more meaningful for us. So this has been life-changing for me personally, like in a big way, and I just wanna say that it doesn't need to look like this for you. It could be some small change in your life that needs adjusting, right? Some small value that needs to be manifested in your life that's going to really provide you with a sense of fulfillment. For me, it's required a really big change in my life over the last few years, and maybe for some of you as well. So 
I've been able to navigate that. So I grew up religiously, and I took for granted that this was my life paradigm for the first 17 years of my life. Then I began having experiences that really challenged that set of values and sort of required me to evaluate what was true for me personally. So when I was 17, I realized that I was attracted to my best friend who was a female. And I was super confused because I was like, mm, this isn't in line with my values. You know, I don't, this doesn't fit, right? Uh, I'm Mormon. I'm going to BYU next year. I'm doing this whole Mormon path. Uh, this does not align with that path, right? So as you can imagine, it created a lot of problems. And I sort of reflected for a bit on what was meaningful to me. And I tried to really get into the headspace of psychological flexibility because psychological flexibility is such a big tool for being able to be content in life, right? The ability to move towards a value without being so rigid about how that value is going to look, how like the exact criteria, right? So I can tell myself, I want to live in a place that's warm and sunny and good cost of living. And that is any number of places. So I can be happy, right? I can feel fulfilled. I can feel that I'm reaching and, and living within my value in any number of places. But if I tell myself it has to be Carlsbad, California, that's where it has to be no matter what, this can create a lot of unhappiness because I'm trying to live a value in a way that's so attached to a specific outcome that I don't have the flexibility to pivot. So going back to my example, I tried to really have the psychological flexibility to pivot towards a new life. Like, okay, uh, this doesn't really make sense for me anymore. I will embrace this other lifestyle, right? This the queer life, try to make more queer friends, volunteer at the queer youth center, all of these things. But the loss of another huge value that was really important to me, which was my family and my religious community was so impactful that I really had to choose which value I was going to prioritize in that moment. And I want to say that your values change over your lifespan. So when I was that age, my values were community, inclusion, connection with my family, uh, obedience, faith. These were all of my values at that time, right? Because I was 17, I was planning to go to BYU. This was my whole path. Those were the values that I was fully subscribing to. So then when this thing came and was so far from how I perceived that I could live those values, uh, it took me too far off of that path of what was familiar to me and what I was subscribing to. I hadn't yet done the work to dissect what was meaningful for me. And that takes time and that's hard work. And when you're in the midst of like an identity crisis, you don't necessarily have the bandwidth to do that. So it did reshape my worldview a bit, but I ended up uh, choosing to subscribe to the values that I was raised with. And so after a period of time, I decided to go back to the church and was dating men and really only allowing that to exist, right? I, I didn't have the psychological flexibility to say, is there a way 
to have faith and be gay? Is there a way to be connected to my family and be gay? Is there a way, right? Could I have lived within all of those values and also be myself? Potentially, but the problem is that I can't control other people's behavior. So if my family says, you're going to lose connection to us, that's a hard pill to swallow, right? That's a big one. So I ended up going back to the church and uh, dating men and luckily met a wonderful man and we built a life together and that was the next 15 years of my life. So it had reshaped my worldview in that I had a totally different perspective on the queer identity, right? Most Mormon people had not had that experience and so they had this sort of limited view of the queer experience, right? The coming out experience, the the realization of who you are as a queer, right? That whole experience and that it's it's very much out of your control. And so it didn't fully bring me back. I had this like sort of expanded worldview. It sort of expanded and then contracted back, but it didn't contract back to the original size, right? Or the original shape. It contracted in a different way. So your values change over your lifespan. So I did some of that work in my early 20s. So I was able to shed some things that weren't true for me personally, but then I had to do the work again at 35. And I realized that many of my values had changed during that time. If you had a good sense of your values at age 20, they might not be that different when you're age 35, right? And I also want to say I don't recommend waiting 15 years between doing values exercises. This is, this is really an ongoing process. Your values at 20 could look very similar and probably do if you feel like you are living a life where you are content and you feel joy and you feel fulfilled and yes it's life so there's hard parts but in general you're feeling very much in line with your passion and your identity probably your values didn't the big values haven't significantly changed maybe there are some small ones that as you've been able to learn and grow now need manifesting or adjusting but my values had changed so much that when I reevaluated at 35, they were completely different. So they were more related to authenticity, adventure, exploration, self-growth, development. So the problem is really twofold. If you don't identify your values and you're living your life based on how you've always done it or what's expected of you, you may be living a life based on someone else's values, leading to unhappiness, lack of motivation, lack of fulfillment. And if you do identify your values, but you're living your life based on the values of someone else, it's the same problems that can occur. It's tricky to really reflect on what matters to you personally, right? And tease it apart from all of our social programming and all of our messaging that's so subtle that we don't even notice it anymore, right? Tease that apart. Let's say, for example, someone comes to me and they say, I want to lose weight. I'm wondering why. Is that your value? Because you you know, really want to present your body aesthetically to the world in this specific way? Or has that been imposed on you by your society and by your family and your community? And actually, what you want is less to lose weight but feel stronger, feel more capable in your body, feel less achy, feel comfortable in your clothes and like your clothes are fitting better, feel fit, however that looks for you, right? Really teasing apart because what I will tell you is that 
I started my fitness journey really, really wanting abs. I just really wanted, I had never seen my abs and I just, I thought, maybe I don't have abs. Maybe they're, maybe they don't exist. I never seen them. How do I know? And once I got abs, first of all, what I had, what I had to lose in order to get them in terms of just sanity and balance was too significant for me. But also I realized that actually when I was looking at those pictures of those like chiseled badass CrossFit women and like fantasizing about looking that way, it had more to do with that they were so badass and so strong and so capable and less actually to do with the physical representation of their body. So it's hard to tease this apart, right? This water that we've been swimming in can be hard to see and some of it's great. And maybe for you, all of it's great. And maybe there are only a few little tweaks that you can easily make and you can adjust, right? Manifest some values, some new values in your life and move forward. And maybe it's something big, like everything feels wrong and an entire life overhaul is required to finally become in alignment with who you are. So really when I was 17, I had these two paths in front of me. I had this one that seemed clear, comfortable, and I could navigate it. I knew what my life would look like. I could see my life 60 years from now and know what it would have looked like, right? It was this lovely path. I had seen so many people walk it. It had challenges, of course, but you had community, you had support. I could see it. The path existed, right? And then there's this other path of like queer life where it continues for about 10 feet and then it falls off into the abyss. I don't know what's down there. Is it death? Is it something else? I had never seen anybody walk that path. I didn't know one lesbian. I only knew of queer people based on the way my family talked about them, which wasn't positive. And the people that I was told about those who had walked that path, they had not gone on to do well. They had been swallowed up by some evil, had never returned. It just didn't feel like a way forward. But then when my brother died in 2019, it felt as if my path had been blown up, like nothing felt right anymore. None of the puzzle pieces fit. Blew up that puzzle. I'm trying to put the pieces back together. It's almost like a different puzzle. Like what? what is this? What are these pieces? None of this makes sense anymore. And I realized that I was going to have to rebuild that path and that I couldn't use the same pieces or the same values to do so. That path had been chosen based on values that weren't mine. So I had walked that path. I had done the things, right? I had created the goals based on those values that had never really been mine. And I realized for the first time in my life that I could die and I could never know who I was. Until you experience a death really close to you, it seems abstract, right? Far away. It doesn't touch people that you know unless for reasons that can be anticipated, like old age. I always believed in the delusion that there was time to figure it out, right? What, what was the deal with that whole like falling in love with my best friend thing? What was that? Hmm. I don't know. At some point it will make sense. At some point I'll do the work to figure that out. And only when Corey left did I realize truly that time was not promised and that I had to consider for the first time how I wanted to build my path, where I wanted it to go, 
right? Who am I? I might die without ever knowing. What do I really want? What do I really want to do in this life? Sometimes it takes a huge life jolt, like a, a, a bomb to the life to jolt us into awareness that something needs to change, right? Sometimes it takes something big. And for me, an entire life overhaul was required. Again, it could be simpler for you. If you're not leaning into your value of creativity, you take a painting class, you start working with clay on the wheel, doing pottery, it, it can be something easy. You, you say, you know what? I'm not leaning into my value of friendship. I, I need to connect with, I want to connect with my friends more. I want to make new friends. Adventure. I need to have more adventures in my life. It might just be something you add to the already values-based life that you're living. It doesn't mean you need to obliterate the path you're on in order to live with your values, right? If you had been more aware when you built your path from the start, fewer changes need to be made now. But how can you identify what those changes are? So there are two exercises for values identification that I use. One, I did a values exercise, which is a component of acceptance and commitment therapy. Uh, it's a psychological or therapeutic model rooted in the science of human behavior. And the other is a deathbed contemplation, uh, which I will get into. So in a values exercise, you take a list of values and it may seem simple enough, right? Let's say I have a list of 60 values and I'm going to review them and pick my favorite, but or pick the ones that resonate with me. But it's actually really tricky because they're all good, right? You're comparing good versus good. So what you are going to do is stack them against each other. From a behavioral perspective, your values are those things in which you find the highest level of reinforcement. So reinforcement, if you see that word, it refers to stimuli that increase a future behavior, right? So if I like a restaurant, the food is reinforcing, my behavior of going to that restaurant in the future is increased. So values are those domains that when we live within them, they provide reinforcement specific to us, meaning that we're more likely to engage in those behaviors in the future. So let's say one of my values is adventure and I succeed at a goal to hike a big mountain, right? Which is just one of thousands of ways to manifest that value of adventure. I would find that activity to be reinforcing, meaning I will do it again in the future. Another person could find that exact activity to be incredibly punishing, which means they would not do it again in the future. And they might realize, I, this is not a value of mine. I am not interested in doing this again. It could be that the value is totally wrong. Like, oh, actually, I, I'm not big on adventure. I actually really like uh, consistency and staying in my routine. That's a huge value for me. That feels really, really good. So you may have to just revisit that whole value. Or it could be that the value is correct. You do like adventure, but you don't want to manifest it in that way. Right? There are thousands and thousands of ways to manifest any one value so what we're trying to do is have the psychological flexibility to engage in whatever way is most reinforcing to us and in line with that value 
So if you're doing things in your life that aren't providing you with pleasure or fulfillment, it could be that it's because you haven't identified your values or like with the climbing a mountain example, you're engaging in behaviors that would be reinforcing to someone else, but not you. So in the show notes, I will post a link to my website where you can access a list of values to begin this activity. You'll take the list, you'll read it through and place a star next to each one that feels particularly meaningful for you. Then what you're going to do is stack them against each other and edit your list down to five. Once you do this, right, these are your, these are your biggies. These are your non-negotiables. These are like, here's what I need to live a life that brings me joy. Once you do that, you can begin to identify goals that are going to help you live in line with those values. So let's say my, my value is to head west. My goal is to go to San Francisco, right? Your goal is the thing that's objective and measurable. You can see it. You can track it. The goal is based on the value. So the values identification is the first start. And then just like any good behavior analyst, you're going to look at the data of your experience to confirm your hypotheses. So if you're spot on with the value, but off on your goal, this can cause a problem. Similar to like the mountain climbing example, let's fitness is a huge value of yours. And you say, okay, my goal is going to be that I'm going to run a 10K. That's how I'm going to manifest my value of fitness in my life. Objective, measurable goal of running a 10K. But let's say you dread your run each day. You hate doing it. You don't want to do it. You're not, you're not coming into contact with the reinforcement you anticipated. So you're going to have to ask yourself if A, fitness is not really a value at all, or B, if fitness is a value, but the way you're manifesting that value in your life by running is not enjoyable. And here's the really sad, frustrating part is that people go exercise They don't like it, and they say, I am not a gym person. I do not like to exercise. Okay, well, there are thousands of ways to exercise. Let's talk about that. And this was something that I thought about myself before I started weightlifting. I was like, nothing sticks. Nothing is sticking. Because I didn't like any of the things I was doing. I didn't like running. I didn't like classes. I didn't like cardio on machines. I just thought, man, I have really no willpower and I'm lazy. (laughs) I basically told myself the worst two lies that I could tell about myself. Instead of having the psychological flexibility to say, I wonder if there's just a different way to manifest this value. I wonder if I could just do this differently and it would be able to stick because I actually like it right? You're, you're not only living in line with your values, but ideally you're pairing your behaviors with reinforcement. You're picking things that feel good or, or less bad, right? Pick the thing you hate the least and that's the thing you want to do. Don't do the thing that everybody says to do. If you don't feel like strength training is your thing and you've given it an actual go, you've tried it, ideally with a professional and you have truly mindfully connected with yourself and you're like, it's just not my thing. I like uh, more high impact stuff or I just really love running outside or I love hiking on the weekends. Then that's your thing. Do your thing. 
because there's a thousand roads that lead to where you want to go. So you can always switch things around. You can always switch things around so that you can manifest that value. As a mom, I really have a hard time playing board games with my kids. I love the value. I subscribe to the value of connecting, connection in general, but connecting with my kids. It's, and I have shamed myself for years because I have not been able to get down on the ground and play pretend with them or play board games with them. It's so aversive to me, probably because I feel like I don't know how to do it. So a lot of aversive internal like thoughts and stimuli are popping up for me like, oh, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to do this, right? And I can push through that aversive stimulus in order to connect or and or I can identify some other activities where I'm still going to be able to manifest connection with my kids, but in a way that doesn't feel like torture to me personally. So what like conversation is just a way I connect. So we cuddle and we process and we connect in that way. And that's actually been super meaningful and I can still live within that value. You might really value doing work that feels meaningful and impactful and helps people and furthers a social cause, you know, makes a big difference in people's lives. You might really value doing that kind of work, but there's no one way to do that. There are so many different fields and domains where you can embody that value. And you might think, oh, I I don't want to leave this job because I really value this work that I'm doing, but it's killing me. Or I'm, I'm having to really push against a lot of resistance that I'm feeling just at a basic level because it's so jarring. I worked for Big Brothers Big Sisters for a time and was a match support specialist and really had to come into contact with a lot of knowledge about how abused kids were being or had been uh, in my work with them. And I realized pretty quickly that it was not the job for me and that I didn't want to completely leave the field of human services, showing up for people, connecting with people, making a difference in their lives, but I needed to manifest that in a different way. So you can reflect on how, yes, this value is still good and true for you, but potentially there may be a way to embody that value that is going to be less taxing on you personally, right? And still bring all of those positive benefits and all of that joy without feeling aversive in a way that's not possible to sustain for long periods of time. The second thing that you can do, I learned about from Tammy Simon. So she's the founder of Sounds True Media. It's a company that disseminates spiritual wisdom. And this is called the deathbed contemplation. So when you consider all the domains of your life, spiritual, psychological, intellectual, friendship, family, community, you consider all of these as pieces of a pie. You lie on your bed and you pretend, right? You're, you're going into a meditation, you're pretending, or you're trying to put yourself in the position of dying. And you're laying there, let's say 40 years from now, reviewing your life. You're looking back, your experiences, your relationships, your life's work, and you're looking at everything that matters to you, everything you did. And you're asking yourself, did I do it? Did I do the thing? Did I show up in the way I wanted to? Did I accomplish all those things that were meaningful for me? You're checking in with your body. Do you feel tension 
around one particular domain? Do you already feel some pangs of regret around a specific domain? Right? You're really trying to get centered and listen to what's coming up for you when you process each, right? When I do it now, I'm thinking, okay, career. Yes, I'm feeling so good. I feel like this is amazing. I'm so on the path, right? And I just process each different domain. And then there's one that pops up and is like, ooh, I'm not doing that. Like I'm not, I'm not killing that at the highest level. I am not, I'm not embodying that. I'm not manifesting that in my life at the, at the level that I want. And you ask yourself, how do you need to show up in the world so that at the end of this life you can tell yourself, I did it. I did things exactly the way I wanted to. I did it the way it was meaningful for me. I showed up in all the ways I cared about. I had the experiences I wanted to have. For me, looking at all the pieces of my pie, I knew I wasn't having the experiences I wanted to have. I didn't know who I was. I wanted more robust, meaningful relationships, and I wanted a deeper sense of authenticity. And as you know, I had to make a lot of huge changes to get there. But now whenever I do a deathbed contemplation, I feel so much peace in my reflection. Like I could die today and feel so fulfilled and thankful knowing truly that I'm dying as myself, right? I'm dying after having lived a life in line with my values. I know people say live every day as if it were your last because they're talking about the regret you would feel if you didn't, right? But I actually think the worst thing isn't the deathbed regret. It's not laying in your in your deathbed, right, those few days or weeks and thinking, oh, why didn't I do it the way I wanted? It's actually the 40 years that came before that all of those years living under your capacity, all of those years spent feeling unfulfilled and white-knuckling your experience to force yourself to show up anyways. When you show up as yourself, when you create a life that's based on your values alone, of course there are days that you're tired and you don't want to do it, of course. But you've eliminated the thick, heavy inertia of having to push through a life that's rooted in the values of someone else. Life is going to be hard no matter what, but it's almost impossible when it's not aligned with what's meaningful to you personally. So eliminating that alone reduces so much of the effort required. And it provides you with this extra fuel and motivation because you're excited about the life that you're living. If you're feeling a lot of resistance towards the things you're doing in your life, a values exercise and deathbed contemplation can be really helpful to identify why. The part of you that wants to experience life in a specific way, the part that's always trying to speak to you, to push you towards the direction that's meant for you, that part exists and stays whispering to you, pushing you away from the things that won't light you up and trying to push you towards what will, right? And thank God, thank God for that part that won't stop trying to get us more and more in line with what feels right for us. If you're going to ask yourself to show up to life and do really effortful things, at least eliminate all of that resistance you feel when you're doing things that you don't value. If you're already having to wake up and go to work, do the thing that lights you up. Try to find the job that's as closely in line with your values as possible because you're going to have to show up and go anyways. 
it's going to be challenging and effortful anyways. Might as well reduce all of that extra work that's required to show up in a way that doesn't feel authentic to you. The way that I'm different from another personal trainer is that I don't want you to be the same person three months from now, but in a smaller body. I really want you to know who you are. You know your values. You know how to identify goals to live within your values. You know how to create systems to achieve your goals. You can have that hard conversation with your family member. You can set the boundary with your boss at work. You can step into the word no, even with your kids, so that you can say yes to yourself. We need boundaries, even with those we love and even with our partners and kids. Three months after working with me, I want you to know it's your job to take care of yourself. And I want you to learn how to show up for that job just as you show up for all the others in your life. I don't just want you to be smaller. I want to help you remove the resistance you feel in your life by identifying and aligning with your values. I don't want everything that transforms in you to be visible. I want the visible changes to be the cherry on top of a person who knows who they really are. So this week, take some time. Even if it's just a couple minutes, sit down, lay down, get some quiet, check in with yourself. In all of the domains of my life, am I living it the way I want to live it? Go to my website and check out the values exercise. Pick your top five. And then make sure that every day on a day-to-day basis, the bulk of how you're spending your time is in some way aligned with one or more of those. Right? This is it. We don't know how much time we have. If you're going to live within your values, it's today. Today's the day to do that. But you got to start by figuring it out. Hope this was helpful. I'm excited for you all to go out and live a more values-based life, more aligned with who you are. Shed some of that old programming and conditioning and step into your most true authentic self. Have a great week and I'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.